Now, it is, it's that time of year, it's the time of Christmas festivities, and, and quite often that means Christmas parties, and that old favourite of, of gifts and presents, both good and sometimes questionable, uh, from Secret Santa. Uh, I remember we did uh, one when I was back in school, I think it was about grade six or so, and they can be a lot of fun. And this one, this year, definitely, definitely was. Uh, my Secret Santa got me this, this really cool motorbike helmet toy thing. Uh, I actually, I felt really old when I went to look back for pictures of it because it came up as vintage toys on eBay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, look, it's really cool. It's, you know, you lift the helmet up and, and the motorbike kind of, kind of zooms out the front and, you know, my friends at school and I, we had, we had a great time. We launched it off all kinds of things and made jumps and like, you name it, we did it with this thing. But by about lunchtime, we'd launched it somewhere and we'd, we'd lost the bike and the toy was pretty much useless. And it was just a pretty cool looking helmet. So it was fun while we had it, but the fun, it, it didn't last. Now, there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting gifts or, or receiving treasures. And you know, I wonder for, for you guys here this morning, what kind of treasures you might be chasing or maybe treasures you already have. Uh, you know, have you had something that you treasured and you thought it was really valuable and it, it just didn't last? You know, maybe you'd bought a car and it just kind of got run into the ground or you, know, you were in this relationship and you thought it was just, it was the one, it was the best relationship you'd ever been in and, and it just didn't work out. Or maybe it was something simpler like my secret Santa present that was useless by lunchtime. Uh, we're actually going to see today what, what God's word says about treasures. When I, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going to see what God's word says about treasures, and we're going to see that, that Jesus actually received uh, treasures when he was born. Uh, but, but where we want to get to today is, is we want to see that there's actually a, a better treasure that we can aim for, and it's far better than any treasure that we might find under the Christmas tree this year. Uh, to do that, we're going we're gonna to look at treasure that we can hold in our hands, and we're going to look at treasure that we can hold in our hearts. Now, it's understandable at this time of year, Christmas, it's just, it's just plastered everywhere. You go into the shopping centre and you see those, those big signs trying to draw you into Kmart or, or Meijer. It's in every shop that you walk into. It's the reason for every party that you go to. But I know that if I walked up to someone on the street and I said to them that Christmas is all about Jesus, they'd probably get fobbed off. Or instead someone might, might say that it's more about the time off work or, or the time spent with family. It's more about the good food. Maybe Santa gets a mention. And you know, if I heard that, I, I probably wouldn't be all that surprised. But it's missing the real reason for the season, isn't it? It's missing Jesus. You see, the sad thing is that over time, Christmas has just become so commercialised. It's become more and more about other stuff. And the real reason for Christmas just gets so easily lost. It's even lost on the story of Santa Claus. 
I wonder how many of you know that the real reason that, that Santa uh, wears a red, red coat with white trim is, has a lot to do with an ad campaign from Coca-Cola back in the 1930s. And a lot of you would know red and, red and white are Coca-Cola's colours, so they became Santa's colours. It's this big push from a company to, to get us to buy their products at this time of year. So, and, you know, that push, it was so huge that it changed the way that Santa looks. And, you know, now everywhere we see that's, that's how Santa looks. So that's a bit of trivia for you, but I digress. Let's hear about some of the gifts that Jesus received, treasures that we can hold in our hands. Uh, we're going to have a look at Matthew chapter 2, so if you've got your, your Bibles there, uh, have a look with me. Matthew chapter 2. Uh, and where we're picking up is, is just as the three wise men, or, or the Magi as they were also called, uh, they've been to King Herod's palace, and they were looking for King Jesus who'd just been born. And where do you find a king? In a palace, in Jerusalem. Or so these wise men thought. Because Jesus, he wasn't at the palace at all. Herod's chief priests and the teachers of the law then pointed them in the direction of Bethlehem and that star. You might remember that earlier in the, in the Jesus Christmas story, it, it had appeared to the wise men and it, it wasn't guiding them at, the, at this point. But it's back now and now it guides them all the way through to Bethlehem to Mary, to Joseph, and to the baby Jesus. And having seen the child in, in verse 11, yeah, they bowed down and they worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bowed down and worshipped the newly born baby Jesus, and they gave him physical treasures. Now, over time, there's been a lot of discussion and imagination applied to the, the meaning of why gold, frankincense, and myrrh, with a lot of really smart people drawing all kinds of different meanings and conclusions for, for the gifts. But the reality is they were the kinds of gifts that you gave a future king. Gold was just as expensive and just as treasured uh, as it is today, and, and frankincense and myrrh were the kind of spices that went into some of the best perfumes that were fit for royalty. So, of course, makes sense. Jesus is God's chosen king to, to rule his chosen people. Give him the royal gifts. So it wasn't a new thing. If you actually look back to the Old Testament, way back before Jesus in, in 1 Kings chapter 10, the Gentile queen of Sheba, she travels to Jerusalem to see Solomon, the, the son of David, and ends up presenting him with gifts of gold and spices and even some precious stones. So it's not a new concept. It's how they acknowledged and, and showed affection and respect towards their kings. And you know, it's the same thing for us at Christmas time. Giving gifts and, and receiving gifts, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's actually really good. It's great, it's lovely, it's precious. It's one of the most special times at Christmas when we get to sit around and, and exchange gifts and we get to show the people in our lives that we really care about how much they mean to us. And so just like the wise men came, they wanted to show Jesus how much he was worth to them. 
and worship and honour them. And so they brought him these really special gifts to express that. That's what we do at Christmas, isn't it? We do that for the people that we love to express that love for them. So presents are, are really good for that. But I think for some of us, maybe as we get older and, and our families get a lot bigger, the present thing, it can become a bit more like a chore than anything else. And the true meaning and the value behind it, it, it just kind of gets lost. And we end up doing presents just for the sake of doing it and not really putting much effort into it at all. When really what we want to do is, is we want to express that love for each other and how much we think of each other. And as we do that, I guess we want to be bringing back to the front the, the reason why we give and receive gifts in the first place. It's not about the presents themselves. It's, and, you know, we're still not saying that, that presents are a bad thing, but it's more important to highlight the why we give presents. That's the important thing. And that's more important than the presents themselves. And this passage, it does show us uh, three wise men acknowledging Jesus and giving him valuable gifts, but it's more about how we recognize the worth of Jesus Christ and how we respond to him. That's the most important bit. For the wise men, the treasures they brought with them, they really just, they serve as a, a marker of that worth. And we do that with the people around us. We give them gifts that, that we can hold in our hands and they can be great things. They can be, but they can also become treasure on their own. And sometimes they can become things that we treasure probably a bit more than we should. But ultimately, they point us to this fact that there is real treasure and even better treasure that's found in Jesus. Now, I want to move on to my other point. But before I do that, I... I I want to actually stop and, and share a little reflection from my own life where I've realised that, that my heart could really be moved. I want to say some of you will know my daughter Abby, but you've now seen her run back and forth across the stage a uh, hundred times already this morning. But Abby is nearly two now, which that's crazy enough for me to believe on its own. But the cool thing is, is Abby's at this age right now where her vocab is just expanding and she's talking and she's saying all kinds of things and it's at a point now where Naomi and I can actually have some simple conversations with her, which is pretty cool. And so I think back to, to when Naomi told me that she was pregnant and the joy and the excitement of that and we knew that eventually we'd get to this point, but that we'd get to see our child grow and, and develop and, and learn things, but I don't think it struck me at the time quite the way it does now. Watching, watching Abby grow up has just become this incredible blessing for Naomi and I that we can treasure forever in our hearts. And so as we get into our, our second passage in Luke, we're actually going to see this same kind of reflection and realisation from Mary. Uh, if you can remember back to earlier in the, the Jesus birth story in, in Luke chapter 1, uh, the angel Gabriel comes down to visit Mary and he told her that she's going to conceive and give birth to the Son of God. And so she's a bit confused, but I think she still, she still gets it enough. 
and she sings her song and she's singing God's praises, but there's more for her to understand. It's like she's understood what's happening to a point. But what we're going to see now in this passage is the way that the the shepherds interact with Jesus for the first time. And we'll actually see that there's, there's more that Mary still had to get. And so as we pick up our passage, Jesus has been born in Bethlehem and now God sends another angel. And this time it's to a group of shepherds and the angel tells them that a saviour has been born. He's the Messiah, he's the Lord, and there's this, this fanfare and, and celebration. And from the outside, it would have looked spectacular and confusing all at the same time because there's just these shepherds hanging out in a field with their sheep. And now there's, there's singing and praising and you, know, you can imagine some, some crazy party lights and all, all kinds of things. What a spectacle. And then the angels, they left and they went back up into heaven. And as we pick up our verse in in verse 15 of Luke chapter 2, the angels, they said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which our Lord has told us about. So off they went. In a hurry to find this baby lying in a manger. And when the shepherds found him, back in comes that fanfare from earlier. The shepherds wanted to get out and and tell everyone that they could about this child. And it says there in in verse 18, and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. And this included Mary. It actually seems like the shepherds know more about who Jesus is than Mary does at this point. Seems kind of odd. Because you'd think that for Mary, she's played this pretty crucial role in in the story so far and and you'd think that she'd be across everything that's going on and and nothing would surprise her or amaze her. But in actual fact, she just needed to be reminded. She does. And maybe for us, I think that actually, it hits home because lots of us will know God And you'd think that we wouldn't be surprised or amazed when he does things. But I think sometimes it can be hard to see what God is doing when you're in the midst of things going on around you. The Holy Spirit didn't give Mary this kind of divine insight to to understand what it all means. I mean, it could have. But instead, Mary is learning more and understanding and appreciating more and more that from the shepherds who've who've come to see her child. They've told her all about the angels that came to see them, the announcement that her child is the saviour, the Christ and the Lord. And so it's this, this click moment for Mary, isn't it? Her heart is starting to be moved. You can see deep inside her that she's starting to grasp what's going on. And so in verse 19 we hear, that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Here is Mary treasuring these things in her heart. We've seen these people who've who've given treasures in their hands because of who Jesus is. These really special gifts, these physical gifts that show the value and the worth and how much they themselves treasured Jesus. And now we actually get to see Mary doing the exact same thing. 
in this moment, she's, she's seeing everything that's going on around her and she's treasuring the beauty of the Christmas story of Jesus, treasuring it in her heart. She's seeing firsthand this incredible gift that she's been given, but that's also been given to the whole world. And it's not gold or frankincense or myrrh that the wise men brought. It's not so much a treasure that she hold in her hands, although she probably was holding little baby Jesus as she was thinking this, but she's seen that this incredible treasure that she can ponder forever in her heart and ponder and really cherish. She can hold on to it. And you know, at Christmas time, you get to do a lot of things that, that don't last. Lots of silly, often pop-up things that it's, it's unlikely that we're going to get something that you're going to be able to hold on to forever. It, instead, Christmas, I guess it seems like this, this massive gift buying, make sure everybody is totally happy, food gorging panic attack. It's craziness. It really is. And so in the midst of that, I think it's really important to, to stop and, and, and take stock and refocus our hearts and our minds on what Christmas is truly about. Giving and, and receiving gifts this Christmas is it's not a bad thing. And hopefully we've been able to see that in the Word today. But I think we can treasure those gifts a bit too strongly sometimes and lose sight of what is truly important. Because that click moment for Mary that we had in our passage, it's her discovery of that different kind of treasure. It's her discovery of the why. Why the wise men presented her son with those gifts. Why this tiny baby is so special and so valuable and so worth while worshipping. Jesus, he provides us with the gift of salvation. And that is the better treasure this Christmas. So I want to encourage all of you this time of year not to abandon your Christmas shopping, not at all, but rather to stop and reflect and think really hard about why it is that you're buying that gift. You've got someone in your life that you really love and, and you're just so thankful for them, but you've got no idea when it comes to buying them a gift. You just don't know what to buy them. Uh, this year I've been struggling with that myself, uh, with Naomi's mum, because she's just that kind of grandma that will do anything and everything for her kids and for her grandkids. And she really doesn't need anything, probably doesn't even want anything. Which for me, it just makes it super difficult, because all Naomi and I want to do is be able to give her something that expresses how much she means to us. But it's hard. And I've, I've honestly, I've got no idea. So if you've got ideas, feel free to share them. But it's terrible, isn't it? I think, I did come up with a simple idea though that I thought maybe for some of, our, some of the kids here might, might be cool, or it might seem daggy or a bit silly, but we'll share it anyway. Kids, maybe you could uh, make up some coupons for your mum and dad. You know, like a one free, I'll, I'll cook mum and dad dinner tonight, or I'll, I'll mow the backyard for free. It's something simple, but it helps to show your mum and dad that you think that they're really great, 
and that you love them and that you really appreciate them. And you know what? I think it's, look, it's almost a bit cheap to talk about inviting people to church at the end of this talk. But the only reason we ever say let's invite friends to church is because we love them and because we know how valuable Jesus is. And we want to bring those two things together. So I think for us, knowing how good the treasure of Jesus is, let's be really bold in inviting people to things like Christmas lights next week. Let's be really bold in inviting someone along to a Christmas service. Let's give someone that you know and care about the gift of knowing Jesus this Christmas and the ultimate treasure that comes from knowing him. Let me pray for us. Incredible and almighty Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you that at this time of year we are reminded of the gift you gave us through your son. A beautiful gift. A gift that we didn't deserve, but a gift that we so desperately need. Lord, I pray that just like Mary, you might help us to see how truly special Jesus is. That he is worth praising and honouring. And that this Christmas you might bless us with moments of quiet wonder to stop and reflect. To ponder the good news of the birth of your son. And that we might live our lives on this earth in confidence and hope as we treasure Jesus in our hearts. I pray that you'll fill our hearts with joy and love and confidence in you that it just spills out over the edges. And we have no choice but to go out and share that treasure with the people we care about and invite them along to a Christmas service here at church or around for a meal and show our loved ones how much they mean to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it's in his precious and mighty name we pray. Amen.